Today's program was brought to you by Blueprint, the original juice cleanse program to offer different levels of intensity depending on your needs and current diet. For more information, visit Blueprint.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Hey, Mazel Tov, shout out, Jess and Jesse, our cousin, and I guess, I, I guess he's our new cousin as well? I think that's how it works. Cousin-in-law? How does that work? When your cousin gets married? Second cousin? Second no. Co- no. Second cousins are the cousins of, the kids of your cousins. Anyway, shout out, beautiful Jersey wedding at the Chateau in Milburn, legitimate three carving stations, a dozen pass hors d'oeuvres, unreal. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. The other half, Greg Bresnitz. Uh, big show today. Big show. It's August. I can't believe it's I know August. That I, I always hate people that do that, but I actually can't fucking believe that it's August. Jamie, yeah, get in here. We're yeah. just staring at you. This yeah. is like, yeah, how we open it up, we like make it real softball, and that's where you jump. You're like, August? Uh, well, Should have been May. Welcome to the show, uh, <laughs> Boston uh, legend, Jamie Bissonette. Welcome. Uh been a long time in the making uh, of having you on here. I think I tracked you down years ago th- uh, when we were doing these 
barbecue blowouts and I called you in Boston, like I cold called you. I was like, hey, do you want to come down to Boston? And it just didn't work out. And then I stalked you at the uh, James Beard Award. Yeah. And then we did that thing where then we like saw each other at every food event ever of all time. Yeah, yeah I think uh, you, either I stalked you or you stalked me for about six weeks. Is that, is that – I mean if it's mutual stalking, is that – um, like, like relationship? <laughs> Courting? No, it's Courting like, is better, it's right? That, it's well, that, we didn't have sex, so I guess we were married. No, but it's, a, it's that hey, weird uh, dude, like dudes getting to know each other, become friends type of thing that girls don't really understand. Where it's like, hey, like we're dudes and we're trying to like become friends. Like, I, it's, I don't know. It's weird. But anyway. Oh, by the way, welcome to our new show, Men Talk with Jamie and <laughs> So what's it like when you make a new friend? A new male friend? Yeah. I mean, it's always different. It's always different. Well, you just moved to New York, so you're probably going to make some new male friends. I'd like to make new every kind of friend. Yeah. Uh, so, Jamie, let's go back to the beginning. All right. Um, even though now you're known as a snout-to-tail meat chef who likes to imbibe and hang out, you were a straight-edge hardcore kid back in the day. Yeah, it's totally weird, right? Well, not really, because we <laughs> grew up with a lot of straight-edge hardcore kids in... In high school. In, yeah, in Philly. In Philly. And they were like the big X's. And Boston, and, too. And Boston, too. And yeah. We, yeah. Oh, look at that X. X is yeah. on my hands. Excellent. And then we That's met them. That's the real deal. And <laughs> then, but then, like, they broke edge and then went so fucking far on the other side of the spectrum where it was, like, heroin and, like, alcoholism and, you know, well, fucking, uh, like, I thought you were, I thought you were going to go with we knew a lot of straight edge kids growing up who now work in food. But yeah, no. if you want to go the the heroin route, I'm just well. I'm just saying, like the kids. So, so what, what I'm saying is, you're not special. Uh, I, I don't think I'm special. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, so talk to us about being like a young hardcore vegan straight edge kid. Oh, vegan was just because I wanted to sleep with the vegan hardcore girls God. from Meriden. Didn't Wonder. we all? Yeah, they were hot. And Kate from 108, that Krishna band, she was so friggin' cute. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I had no, I had no chance. I was a geek. I was a dork. I was like one of those kids. I was a hardcore kid. I was a punk rock kid. I, I don't know. What really you, weird. What were you eating? My parents couldn't cook for, for anything, and a lot of us were vegetarian. So we ate a lot of Twizzlers and uh, Cheetos, things like that. Oh, it was like that route. The like junk uh, food. Ju- it's, well, the junk food, it's not that you can eat meat. broke right. vegan right. Uh, <laughs> diet. So my mom stopped cooking, and she said, you know – You've got to cook for yourself. So I started cooking for myself. and Because you went vegan or just she be- just like stopped? Because I shaved my head and had tattoos by the got time it. I was 15. And What was your first tat? Uh, logo to the band Judge. Wow. Yeah. That is hardcore. Yeah. In all meanings of that. <laughs> yeah. Wicked. Uh, very so wicked. yeah, I mean, there's a, a trend with hardcore kids. Like you'd go to a show and either before the show you'd meet somewhere for something to eat. Yeah. And a- anywhere there was a club, if I said, you know, hey, we're going to... Uh, the tune-in in New Haven, somebody would say, oh, we've got to go to Mamoons and get falafel or something. If we're going to Boston, well, let's go. we've got to go to the Deli House or Little Steve's. Grasshopper? Ugh. <laughs> a lot of the vegan kids went to Grasshopper, but by the time we started going to Grasshopper, I was misfortunate enough to have fallen in love with cooking. Oh, okay. So we, like, you know, bands would tour, they'd come stay at my house, and right. I would cook. Or before shows, I'd be like, I don't want to go to a shitty diner. I don't want to eat at Denny's. I don't, you know, there's other things we could do, and it's too expensive. So Deli, how, Deli House wasn't shitty. Deli House was awesomely shitty. Yeah. Did I've you eaten. learn how to cook vegan food first, or, mm-hmm. okay. I would, yeah, I would, I would get home from school. I was on a work release program, so I could get out of, uh, out early and go to work. I worked at a grocery store in the deli area and as a teller. 
and I would get home and watch like Jack Pepin and Julia Child and mm-hmm. watch what they would do, and I would just swap mushrooms for meat or things like that. There was, you know, there was the early '90s. There were hardly any health food stores, and just outside of Hartford, Connecticut, there wasn't a, a whole hell of a lot going on. No, I mean. Yeah, back then, even then, in the late 90s or 2000s, even the idea of, like, casual, healthy food, non-vegan, was still, like, you know, they had, like, the salad works or things like that. Like, really, not, not, not too much. Not like it is today. Uh, no. Yeah, then healthy food was some vinaigrette that was made with so much corn syrup and, yeah. like, powdered buttermilk and, like, desiccated lecithin and things that, you, you know, you see on the back of a Doritos label that you don't necessarily equate with healthy. So you're cooking for yourself... And when did it click that you felt, oh, I'm not just making a meal that's like vegan sustenance? When I was in a band and we would have practices and we would break up our practice, we would cook and I would make something to eat. And I would be thinking about what we were going to eat and cook before I would think about what we were playing. And I would miss practice and I'd be in the kitchen upstairs instead of being in the basement or we'd go to a show and the guys in the band would be like, dude, you really just want to go cook. And uh I dropped out of high school, kicked out of high school. Some uh, fine line, fine little, line. little a, little b. Yeah. The, the further from gas, you dropped out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The more, yeah, the more my career. My goes choice. Along. My yeah, choice. I decided I didn't want to go back after they told me I couldn't come back. Um, I went to culinary school when I was seventeen. Oh wow! So, Which one? Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. Shout out. Oh, so you're from Florida? No, no. I was as far away from Hartford, Connecticut, as I could get. That would, right. in a school that would accept me with no high school education. Okay. And that would give me a loan. Pers- like, a personal loan. personal loan. So you're down in Florida. You're cooking. And when did you break that vegan edge? Oh, not for a while. I went through culinary school, vegetarian, vegan personal life, but eating butter and stuff because I went to a culinary school to learn classic French technique. Were you tasting shit. any meat at all? I would taste and spit. Okay. Um, and then... And they were cool with that? No, no. No, my, my culinary school hated me until, until probably about a year ago and... Huh. <laughs> when they're now, like, they're like chef. Now you, they're like, hey, will you do this commercial for us? Yeah. Will you? I'm like, oh yeah, great, thanks, whatever. Um, so you're in Florida, you're, and then you graduated, and then I was living in Florida, living with a bunch of hardcore kids. You know, you still like, going to shows? Oh yeah, I was like, we were every time a band came through, they stayed with my friend, my roommate Damien was in all the big hardcore bands at the time in like the late '90s, mid '90s in South Florida. Shout him out, Damien Moyal. Yeah, he was in Culture as Friends Rust. Morning Again, Shia Lude, and a bunch of other really Shia, Shia Lude. Okay. Yeah, he was the original singer huh. yeah. before Little Chad, who then was Little Chad. We played street hockey with him. He was like five foot five and skinny, and then like went away for a month, came back, and the dude's like six foot tall. Now what happens when they're all teenagers. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, did you get known as, in the same way those restaurants were getting known about venues, like, oh, if you go to Florida, you got to stay with Jamie. He's going to cook you a bomb meal. I doubt it. I know, like, Earth Crisis stayed with us a bunch because I would always make this bomb lentil dish. Okay. Carl and those guys liked. Um, Did you have any funny, like, hardcore reference names for your dishes? <laughs> nah. We weren't that clever. It was okay. more like, hey, let's go to the Publix or Piggly Wiggly with, like, $6. I remember my friend Edwin, who's a tattooer now, he was in a bunch of hardcore bands, Hialeah Kid. We would go with money we would scrape from the back of his car like change and we would go buy four or five dollars worth of dried legumes and spices and try to mimic like the Krishna because we would go to the Hare Krishna temple on Wednesdays and praying and then eat the free food and hang out and all the all the old tricks all the old yeah so what got you out of Florida being there got me out of Florida huh. it's a shithole that's the to the board number one answer number <laughs> one answer on the board 
just being in Florida. Yeah. As soon as I graduated, I was I stayed for another four or five months, and I was I was barely nineteen, and I'd been coming to Boston for forever for shows and had lots of friends up there. I had a free place to stay, packed my car, and drove straight up twenty four hours in a row by myself. Got to got to Boston, started working there. Fell in love with a girl at nineteen. Who falls in love? 19-year-old yeah. to move to Boston. And then six months later when that wasn't happening anymore, I was like, fuck this place. I went back to Hartford for a while. And uh, that's where I started like really paying attention to cooking and like working in decent restaurants and honing my craft and realizing that I needed to eat more food. I worked in Paris for a bit. And my chef there told me if I wanted to be any better that I needed to start eating meat. I did. And What did you have? What was the first thing? Uh, one of the first things was steak tartare. Wow. Mussels. It was, we were at a brasserie and I, everybody was eating, so I had mussels and then steak tartare. Yeah, but By I, the end of the week, I was like chowing foie gras. But I feel like steak tartare is as pure meat as you can really get. Like, you know it's high quality. Well, you hope it's high quality. But it's high quality. It's a very straightforward preparation. It's not all this, like, what's going into it. It's very much just this is the animal in one of its purest forms. Yeah, but your body's like, well, you're going to go from not eating animal protein to raw egg yolk and raw meat overnight. Yeah. That's pretty brutal. And who was the chef that, that kind of gave the... Uh, some guy. Some, okay. Some guy. Um, oh, wh- why don't we play a song? Okay, we'll play and, a song. We'll talk about current state of things and then tomorrow's barbecue.
Uh, I forgot to mention we have Mount Moon uh, live today later in the studio. That's who opened up the show. He's just in here grinning. Hello. Yeah, there it is. Uh, so you got back. You got serious. You started eating uh, raw eggs, raw beef. That's just steady diet. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's pretty healthy diet. Yeah, hardcore and all the way in the other direction. Now it's like, fuck veggies. That's <laughs> fuck lentils. Thing, like what you said earlier. Like, hardcore kids are so extreme. You know, I feel like everything is so one way. If you're straight edge, you're militant straight edge. If you're into hardcore, you're like totally into hardcore. That's what you do. And if you're going to eat meat, you're going you're gonna to preach about it. it was, and uh, some would say that you went whole hog on the uh, meat eating. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. I mean, as I started being, as a young Ugh. cook, I started like looking at what, what was going on. And, you know, I graduated culinary school in 1996. And I was look, working in restaurants, and every every restaurant served the same shit. It was pork tenderloin and chicken breast or chicken thighs that were already boneless, skinless, and you know New York strips that came in. I was like, "What part of the animal is this from?" I saw this in culinary school, and I I see it when I travel. When I was in France, and I don't see this in the United States as often, and it was just not as commonplace. And I 
was watching how much things cost and seeing that if I went to the grocery store, a whole chicken was so much less expensive than buying just chicken breast. And, right. So when did you start? When did things? So you're back in Boston. I was in Hartford for a while. So you're in Hartford, a, but as a townie, I was like. Right, you know. but then you so then you you move back to Boston, mm-hmm. and what did things start? Uh, you hook up with Ken. I was yeah. I was living in Hartford, and I was like, I need to get out of here, or I'm gonna go to jail or was, be dead. Was it the same reason why you had to leave Florida? Pretty much the exact same reason. There's not a lot to do in Fort Lauderdale, and there's even less to do in Hartford. Hartford doesn't have a beach. Were you a Whalers fan? I'm still a Whalers fan. That's the only correct answer, actually. <laughs> Let's go to the board. <laughs> Number one answer. <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, some friends of, of my uncle growing up, who kind of grew up as my older brother, said, yeah, our friend Ken, he's got a really awesome restaurant up in Boston. And he, they kept talking about him, and I was going up for my aunt's birthday in Boston, and like, oh, you might meet him. And I'm up, and he wasn't at the party, and somebody was talking about Ken. I'm like, who's, you know, I don't know any restaurant up here by a guy named Ken. I know Kenny Oranger. And they're like, yeah, same guy. And I was like, wow, that guy just won the James Beard Award. His restaurant is like where every chef wants to eat. This was back before the Shout social media, Facebook, all that kind of place stuff. Right. And you, if you wanted to see what was going on in a city, you, you had to go there. You yeah. couldn't look on Instagram or Twitter to find out what somebody was doing in Brooklyn if you lived in San Francisco. Right, right, which right. Which was great and bad. And what was great about it was it forced me to move to, to go up there. I went up there to work for Ken, worked there for a little bit, couldn't, couldn't make any money, uh, student loans and whatnot, and left him on pretty good terms good enough terms that seven years later i went back with him as his business partner and, oh wow yeah so you just keep in touch i went and worked at some restaurants boston's such a tight community uh such a small town in especially in the restaurant industry he would come into where i would work i opened up this behemoth restaurant called eastern standard okay. which was awesome because it was the old rat skeller where oh really yeah i went to the last show ever was gangrene and then i was the first chef to open it up we it was oh awesome. my god how funny is that like the, the one of those infamous like punk rock dive venues Bohemoth Restaurant. Bohemoth Restaurant now, yeah. Um, and so now, so you have two restaurants now. Uh, yeah, I've got two two in Boston, Copa and Toro, and Toro, New York, opens up September 16th. Talk to us about those two restaurants. So Toro, small place, uh, neighborhoody place in the South End, uh, really small restaurant, about 60 seats, 20 seat bar. It's like Barcelona-style tapas, fun, high energy, go on a wait, don't take reservations. Really? Yeah. Um, what's, what, what can one expect to wait on like a Tuesday night? Tuesday night, how many people? Four. It's hard to predict exactly with the weather and how many other people are coming before you yeah. is how we start off every conversation. But that'd probably be if you came in after 6.30, two hours, two and a half hours. And then Saturday night? Two, about the same. We go on about the same wait, um, anywhere from two and a half to four hours sometimes. What do you tell people who wait that long? Thank you. Okay. Thank awesome. you very much. Um, and then Copa, we opened up kind of on the same idea, but we take reservations, and it's a small plate Italian joint. Handmade, handmade pastas, all house-made charcuterie, wood-burning pizza oven, and uh, again, high energy, but even smaller. We seat 27 people. Really? That's yeah, wicked tiny. Wicked tiny. So, Wait, how many turns a night? Well, with the bar, we can do sometimes 150 covers. It's not comfortable. Wow. So you're, just, you're sweating. Well, a pizza oven, yeah, it's hot. Yeah, you're, but you're, I mean, you're working. <laughs> yeah. You're working. So, and so beyond that, you've also been, you were on Chopped too, right? A couple times, yeah. And you, you're the big winner, right? I was a big winner. You never got chopped. I got chopped on the, the second show I went on. I lost in the dessert round. How, uh, how intense is that show? And how much do you like cooking in that show where they have all those, because that's what really, I mean, you know, there are all these conceits now. It's like, hey, you, you know, we're going to take away all these 
four or five things that make you comfortable to see if you can still cook. Um, I didn't actually notice that so much, but it's real. I mean, it, it was real. You open up the basket, you shut it, and then 30 seconds later, you open it up again. So you have about 30 seconds to formulate a plan. You know, you go to their pantry, and it's like being a musician, and somebody says, or a DJ, and somebody says, okay, you can DJ whatever you want. And then you go back in there, and you're like, you don't have any hip-hop records that I can use for beats. Right. And you're like, right, and you only have classical. And then the only other things you have are 78 RPMs. Right. I don't have a record player that plays 78s. So it's just like a lot of make it happen. Um, but it was really fun. Um, and then you also won a bunch of accolades. You were uh, Best New Chef, Food and Wine. What was that like? Fun. Yeah? Yeah, really overwhelming. You know, you never, you never think that... Because they play that stuff pretty close to the yeah, what best. Was, what was, How did you get the phone call from Dana? <laughs> I didn't. I missed it. Oh. I was, did she leave a voice What's this 212 number? <laughs> <laughs> I was on a flight. Uh, and I landed, and I was just like, I was just like wow, yeah, cool. So she left a message. Yeah, actually, I saw somebody else had tweeted about it to me. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. There's, Spoiler there's, alert. There's a lot of good stories about there. People are like, like picking from me, like, what? Who is this? Like, yeah, like going up, up, like hanging up, being like, and, or people being is like, this a creditor? <laughs> or be like, stop fucking with me. Like, I have to, and then just being yeah. like, calling back. It's like, no, this is Dana. I mean, that's I what, was more like that for, for the James Beard when we got, I got nominated for that. I was. Two years, right? Two years in a row, yeah. I was that was I blew, I was blown away. I mean those, you know, for those who don't know, th- those two types, the Food and Wine Award and James Beard. There is there are a few higher honors that you can really hope to attain as a chef uh, from like that isn't something that is like you know a celebration of like a forty or fifty or sixty year career. Yeah, like it's really good. I mean it, it's life changing. Did you see a difference in in recognition and things like that? Sure. Yeah, d- definitely. It definitely get, made people more aware of the restaurants in Boston. It definitely got recognized more by other chefs and people that I had known through the industry for years that we always be friendly with were calling me and congratulating me. Chefs that I had worked for 15, 16 years ago that I didn't even know would remember that I worked for them were remembering me and saying hello. It was, it was really awesome. And, you know, it, we put a lot of work into this. You sacrifice a lot. And, Sacrifice a lot. Yeah. And now your culinary school is calling you up to do commercials. <laughs> They're actually asking me to go and do a, a, a fake chopped thing for uh, an ad for them. How do you feel? I mean, you're going to do it? Yeah? You just Why not, man? Yeah. Like, yeah. I learned a lot from them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they gave you a loan. And you didn't have a GED. Uh, no, they didn't give me a loan. A bank did. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. And so now you're coming. You've, you're splitting your time now between here and New York because Toro is opening up here. Yeah. A branch. Is it what's – can you – when you're menu planning for New York versus Boston, is it going to be any different? I mean, there's things that we can get down here more readily available. Such as? Well, cool seafood that, you know, doesn't come from... Like, New England, we use all New England seafood, and down here, there's not as much New England seafood, but there's a lot of cool imported stuff, and, you know, we're still in the development stage for that. So this fall, right? Yeah. Yeah. We will... We'll just say fall. We'll keep fall. it... We'll keep it general. Um, and then you're also in town, because you're going to be doing our last barbecue blowout of the season tomorrow. Word. Super excited. That's why I started chasing you. Yeah. Originally, but now that you're here, um, what's the menu going to be tomorrow? We're going to do the uh, the toro corn, which is one of our number one selling dishes in Boston. It's pretty fun. It's like a version of a Mexican street corn, even though we're Spanish tapas. It's something that Ken and I love. I'm going to do like a funky mac and uh, funky macaroni salad with cauliflower kimchi. Oh, nice! Um, and we're going to do pig's head and pork belly sloppy joes. Ooh. I can't wait. When I saw that, I got instantly hungry. Cool. And just thought I might just go to bed until Tuesday night. <laughs> They're not going to happen. 
That's not going to happen. No, and where can you get tickets, Darren? Uh, BBQ Blowout August dot Eventbrite dot com, and the Food Republic guys are going to DJ, and Max Sussman, aka Doctor Sussman, is going to DJ. And shout out Brooklyn Brewery and Poach Jobs. Poachjobs dot com. Yeah, Heritage will be there. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. Last uh, one in the summer. Yeah, this is when I know that like I really need to cram in the uh, the rest of the summer when we get to our August barbecue, and I go shit. I got like four weeks. You know what? It was my birthday last week. Happy I birthday. Didn't, I didn't have a party. I didn't celebrate. So somebody bring me birthday cake. Dude, can I ask how old you are? Is that too rude? Ah, 36. Oh, man. Baby. 36 years young. 36. Oh, well, we'll definitely do some. Uh, well, now that you are not. We'll do birthday shots. Like yeah. What do you, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you drink? <laughs> what do you drink now that you're not a uh, straight edge vegan? Yes. No. What do you drink? Correct. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> and to I the like... board. And he is three for yeah. three. Um, I drink anything, man. I like it. I like it all. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? What was your first drink? What was your first? My first drink, um, I, I sipped on a glass of wine at a restaurant, but wasn't really into it. Was didn't want to get drunk. And then my first drink was in bu- front of a bunch of kids I grew up with, a bunch of hardcore kids who had been drinking. We all were going to this bar to meet girls all the time and shoot yeah. pool. And it was awesome because I would do shots of Coca-Cola when they were doing shots of whiskey. And everybody thought I was drunk. And I had so much better game. that I started drinking and all went downhill. But they walked into, into the, my apartment and I slammed Newcastle and just went, let's go out. And that was it. Did everyone high five you? Pardon me? High five. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Jamie, if you can stick around, um, we got Mount Moon coming uh, up. And where can uh, people go for uh, all of your nuts and bolts of like info? You're on Instagram and Twitter. You're yeah, at, at Jamie Biss, J A M I E B I S S. Can't believe that wasn't taken. Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. Oh, that's a joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, you had you were. Uh, I, I liked your history over the summer. You were on some great trips. Love to travel. Good, good food photos. Get it out of my system now. Yeah, before you follow me on Twitter and Instagram, so you can tell when I'm drunk. Yeah, what's a what's a a good example of a drunk Instagram? Well, I've got a friend Alana who does our PR for the restaurants, and she's also one of my best friends, and she has access to my passwords. So a lot of times those disappear. Oh, oh, interesting. It's like the best. There was one where somebody was doing the the dance from. Silence of the Lambs with a cape with the tucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That went away? I think Instagram took that one down. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your own personal reputation.com. Yeah. Yeah.
Well, Mount Moon, welcome to the show. Hello. You are nice a you're our third busker that we've had. Yeah, I saw you had Moon Hooch at one point. Moon Hooch. <laughs> Moon Hooch. And yeah. uh, Freelance Rails before that. Are you are you friends with the Moon Hooch guys? No, no, I just recognize them from uh, Union Square late at night. <laughs> uh, Moon Hooch, for those who don't know, it's a drummer and two vintage saxophone players, and they they play super awesome house music. Is it house music? Is that yeah. <laughs> you have to listen to it, but they're like electronic artists who are like, let's recreate dance like dance music through like a drum and two saxophones. Yeah, yeah, it's very danceable. I mean, people get really into it. But I'm not going to lie. Most, like I have approached a number of, you know, we book, you know, 40 to 50 shows a year. And it's like, you know, after a while, it's like, you know, this will be our fourth. It's pretty, actually, it's our 40th anniversary. Today for Snacky Tunes, I just realized. Really? Yeah, today's our four-year anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Um, we just got out of diapers. Uh, so, and I've like approached number of buskers. I was like, well, it's obvious they're here. And lo and behold, buskers are the least responsive people on email I have ever met. Um, <laughs> like, I've been like, hey, we have a radio show. Hey, you literally no, no service in the inter- in the subway. You literally can like hop the train uh, on the platform you're playing just out to Morgan's. We'll feed you uh, and come play. And they're always like, yes. And then. I just get added to. Um, I know they get it because they get added to all their email lists, and then I just never hear back from them. Sorry. So welcome. Yeah, thank you. Um, why don't you give our listeners a bit of background um, where you are and, and actually how you made the decision to start busking? Um, well, I mean, I made the decision to start busking when I got fired from my job as a messenger. So I was just broken. Were you a New York City bike messenger? Uh, I wasn't. A, I was a foot messenger oh. just for this one company, uh, but. Yeah, I got fired, and I didn't know how to pay my rent, and so I was like, well, I have a guitar, I can go down the subway, so I did that, and it kind of worked the first couple of times, and I was like, shit, this is kind of great, so I kept doing it. I mean, what's the, I mean, you don't have to tell us that, but like, what's the average take-home for, and the amount of work that you put into it? It depends. It's actually really surprising. Some days you think you're doing really, really well, and you're like, man, I sound great, and then nobody, nobody's paying attention, and some days you go out and you think you sound terrible, and you make a lot of money, so I mean, it can be... I mean, I've made like $100 in like two hours, and then I've also spent two hours and made 10 bucks. I mean, so I saw you on Saturday, and in between that two-hour turnaround of when I was at Bedford, um, the, uh, there was some other guy there when I came back. Oh, yeah? So when he showed, did, you, did he show up, and you're like, he's like, it's time for you to go? Like, how does that work? I know a lot of the people that busk around on the L-Line, mm-hmm. so I just, we know each other, we've done it for a while, so, but there is new people every once in a while, and they can be kind of jerky sometimes, but usually everybody who is, like, friends, like, watches out for each other, will switch spots and such. Any fights? Any, Any fights. Uh, I've gotten really angry one day when I was just having a really bad day and cussed out this guy rather inappropriately, and that was my fault. Well, like, he showed up, and you're like, dude, I'm not, I'm not moving. Or, like, he wouldn't move? No, he would. he's the kind of guy that would show up and sp- stay at the spot for, like, eight hours right. at a time. And so it's just, like, everybody kind of gets pissed off at you because it's, like, just switch what's, off. What's, like, the, like, what's the etiquette for, like, you're like, all right, now I'm, like, I should be wrapping it up. I feel like I usually try to play until somebody else comes down and asks me how long I'm going to play, and then that's a good opportunity to make a plan to, like, okay, you take the spot for an hour, and I'll take the spot for an hour so we can both actually pee and drink water and such like that. Oh, little brotherhood there. Um, And then cop harassment? I was watching this band Mountain Animation where they set up on opposite sides of the G train at the Metropolitan stop. And like it's, I, I thought it was amazing, but I ran to a friend. She's like, oh, "These fuckers, they do this. This is the same shtick. You just and like never see it." And they were playing, and they were great. And then I saw the cops come, and it was acoustic, not not electric, and they got shut down. But I, for the life of me, I could not figure it out because I thought that as long as it's not bothering anybody, it's actually not illegal at all. It's <clears throat> it's technically illegal to 
ask for money in right. the subway, so that the having money isn't there. But if a cop comes, they're just like, oh, that's, not, that's just a can of money. I don't know where that came from. And they uh, buy that, obviously. They, well, no, but uh, <laughs> all the cops always give you things about saying you have to have a permit or you have to be like licensed, and that's all actually crap. It falls under um, freedom of speech. You can do whatever you want as long as you're like so far from the stairs and the money machines and such like that. You had a money machine right in front of you, right? Actually, <laughs> well, then I guess that like it's that could be uh, tricky because the ch- the Stairs leading down to the subway on the Metropolitan platform. There's a number of them, so like I yeah. don't know if there's a dis. Supposedly the L train, you can just sit. They're all that would make sense why they're always at the same place because like equidistant from the stairs. Yeah, yeah, and but this just became actually legal somewhere sometime in like the late '90s. So a lot of the cops that are older cops actually don't know that it's legal, and they'll go through. They'll they've arrested people that I've known just for doing it, and it's it's a bunch of crap. <laughs> Um, why don't, have you ever been arrested? I've never been arrested. I've been told to leave before, but actually I've started to like get to know the cops that are at the stations often that I play at, and they like are always like, yeah, rock out, dude. I've been tipped by a cop before. Yeah, I think that's what... I think, uh, I mean, New York and Boston as well, just like, you just got to get to know the cops. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're dicks, and then you get to know them, and you're like, oh, you like the Mets too. Yeah. The one cop is really nice. He Sometimes he comes down, and he's kindly asked. He's like, I have to sit in this booth for an hour, so can you play the other side of the platform so I don't have to listen to you for the next hour? Oh. I'll take that. Does that I hurt mean, more? It's nicer. I'm playing the same songs like, how over many, and over How many again. songs do you have in your repertoire in the... Uh... In the repertoire that I currently play, I mean, I have I've written a lot, but I, I mean, I currently play only like five songs over and over again while I'm busking because they're the ones that I like the most, that I want people to hear the most, and such like. That. Are you really good at those five songs? I'm pretty good at those five songs. <laughs> okay. Do you want to play one of those songs? I'm gonna play a song that I don't actually play busking because I've been going through a slight transition to more um, soulful electronic music. I feel than the angsty folk music that I play in the subway. Okay. Okay. So sounds good. Sure. Okay. Uh, Mount Moon live on Snacky Tunes. This song is called Stay Real. Yeah. 
bad. Woo. Well, I mean, that is not the guy that we uh, saw in the. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. It's, it's a little different. It's a little different. Um, so, in addition to performing, we also picked up a cartoon, a comic book that. I actually have one, yeah. Um, and you make those, right? I make, yeah, I've uh, done two issues so far, and I'm working on a third one right now. So, I read the second one and was totally lost. I'm assuming that it's a continuous <laughs> story. Also, I may have just all just been lost. It's actually the first one. It's like not a. It's a continuous story that just starts. The first one is uh, four separate stories, like one page, two page kind of stories. The second one's supposed to be the beginning of the story, but it's quite, uh, yeah, psychedelic and strange. So oh, it's a little. It's psychedelic, <laughs> and I appreciate that. But uh, it's out there, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but it's nice. You get, you know, you tip you a little. Get get yourself a little comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it. It's in a couple different stores around here, and uh, some libraries in uh, Philly and stuff like that. Is it in that zine shop on Metropolitan? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, it is there. Does anyone ever tip you food? And if so, what do they leave you? Tip me food. I've been tipped food, beer, um, magic stones. I've been tipped. Uh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Magic. You were stones. about to move on from that list. What's a magic stone? Some like really super like, kind of hippie guy came down and was like gave me the stone and told, like put it in my hand and told me he like blessed me and all this different stuff. And I've actually gotten a um, another a magic feather from a woman who is the same kind of disposition and. Uh, um. So same you, kind of disposition. That's so polite about it. <laughs> you see a lot. I mean, I feel like we all sort of. When people are traveling or commuting, like I hit the subway around the same time on the same days yeah. every time, you see the whole cast of characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, craziest person slash thing you've ever seen? I mean, I don't know about cra- the my favorite thing. My personal okay. favorite thing was uh, a entire day daycare group of like twenty kids came down okay. and they they had them all sit around me and they all like clapped along and like were like bobbing their heads and so I like was surrounded by like twenty kids like. Uh, See that's that's the thing about like New York busking like magic that happens and I know we go back to Moon Hooch but I've seen people like stop and hang out on the platform which is essentially why they've gotten like harassed and somewhat banned from uh, yeah. 14th Street because they start like legitimate dance parties and for whenever you stumble upon that I feel that like you are unlocking some part of like New York secret where it's like yeah you know the busking thing but when you get to experience that moment where it's not just like someone like doing backflips or trying to sell you candy worst, or like, worst thing to hear on the subway what time is it oh yeah <laughs> showtime oh. but it's like when someone oh, okay. when someone does it or you actually see like you know a really incredibly talented artist i mean do you actually i, I was gonna ask you do you also play in venues uh yeah i play around town i'm uh playing in at saint vitus i don't know how to say saint vitus saint vitus uh uh, on the 21st. and Isn't that like a metal, a uh, hardcore place? I don't know, actually. This band from Canada asked me to play yeah, there. Yeah, it's the heavy there. metal bar in Greenville, yeah, right? Yeah, so... Yeah, well, which, uh, I will which not be set, playing heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, what set of tunes are you bringing? The, uh, the, this? These ones that I'm playing now, so... Uh, you, didn't you just play a show over the weekend at some, some crazy house party? Uh, oh, yeah, I played at a uh, movie shoot house party. It was uh, for a friend's film that he was shooting, and yeah, there was a fire breather above me and saw this different stuff, and... Um, I have a question. So, you know, there's your busker artist type, but there's also the other buskers like pan flute guy and accordion dudes and things like that. Do you feel a sense of community and brotherhood with them as well? There's a well, the the pan flute guys are different. The pan flute guys are like their own little thing. I think okay. I'm not really sure, but then there's yeah, there's definitely like. There's people who... Like the Tejanas guys and things like that. Yeah. There's, well, there's people who are, like, um, distinct, like, musicians of every kind of field, and they just, like... Like, I just feel like a musician. I just kind of am into music, yeah. and that's why I bust. But then there's certain people who are totally into, like, the 
the gypsy lifestyle, I guess, and they wear the whole digs and they have the, you know, it's a lot of accordion players and like that kind of thing. What about, have you seen the guy, I don't know if I'm going to say, Bedford Stop, it's like a, maybe like 24, 25 year old guy, leotard, surrounded by toys and like... At night, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. do you know, I, at night. not playing anything, just like doing, perform busking performance art. I've seen him actually there once but the best thing is in the mornings when i come in he'll play like he'll be there like friday night and then in the mornings when i come in there's this whole like chalk uh like ritualistic thing drawn all around the where i'm standing so i'm looking around and like playing and i feel we have this holy place or something uh, i mean it's a, it, the thing is like you want to stop and and kind of like look look at that yeah. insanity but you're also like oh, I, guess I gotta go i like the, uh, <laughs> the guy who played the drums and sang on Bedford. Mr. Reed. Yeah. Mr. Reed. Mr. Reed's awesome. He actually... Actually, he was one of the people that I reached out to, and I was like, hey, will you come do the radio show? So if you see Mr. Uh, Reed, tell him to... He gets free pizza from us. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. He's actually... I think he's a... He hasn't been busking recently. He's a pretty busy guy, I think. He's been doing this other before stuff. he got done with busking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's... I think he's made it, it into There's a couple of good busking stories. Also, uh, out of Boston as well. There's a lot of busker success stories. Yeah? Yeah. Like who? <laughs> Um, uh, what's her name? Mary Lou. I'm blanking her name. Retton? Yeah. No, that was the, uh, gymnast. The, that was the gymnast. I'm no, sure. not Mary Lou Retton, <laughs> but, um, oh, you're just really to set them up. You're like, well, no, 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 Darren no. just walked in. Uh, and then Freelance Wales. Obviously, they started busking yeah. and now um, are doing quite fine for themselves. And the Roots were originally busking in Philly. Were so, they really? Yeah. They were, uh, I can't remember the name of the street. There's that street that's really good for busking. Mary Lou Lord. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. She uh, South Street? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's that great photo of Questlove from back in the day on South Street. I just thought it, was, I thought it was a staged photo. I didn't realize they actually bust. I, uh, that's what I've heard from no, people I in believe Philly, you. So. Pro- as, from a man who lives in the world of busking versus someone who, who's asking. Yeah. Her things. Um, why don't we get another song? Okay. Cool. Um, this song is called Niagara. It'll take one
Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, really good. So, <laughs> just want to see if it's still there. Was that the encore? Yeah. Yeah, that was the, the loop, the endless, the endless loop. So you're playing at St. Vitus. Uh, yes. This, uh, actually, as you're shifting from like one sound to another, how are you uh, letting people who used to book you know, be like, hey, you know, I know I used to play this, but now I'm playing this. I'm just kind of not, because then they're like, don't want me to play, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Have you run into it yet, or is it still like a new... It's... I it's never nobody's ever been really complaining I guess but uh, yeah it's been kind of strange just because people know me as this so like recently I just played a show in Philly with uh, where I was booked with a bunch of like freak folk anti folk people and was like the only guy doing this kind of stuff everybody else was just acoustic guitar and what made what made the change um I don't know I got I'm not really a guitarist I guess I just when I I was in a bunch of like punk bands and stuff in, in college and her in high school and stuff and then I just our band started to break up so I wanted to learn how to play guitar to teach myself so I taught myself G and C and then just kind of went from there and I mean I'm really just into music in general so this seemed more expansive and such and right. more interesting right this venture in my life got it uh, alright cool well I want to make sure we have time for one more song but uh, besides that where can people find your music where can they get at you uh, when my, are you normally on Bedford yeah uh, when am I normally oh yeah 
nine nine in the morning to like three in the afternoon, four in the afternoon, and then Saturdays around the same time, sometimes at night. And uh, yeah, and are you still looking for other work? Yeah, yes, okay. I'm. I'm currently looking for work. If anybody listening in, what do you what what do you what's your dream job? Uh, I don't know. I guess being less of a frontman, more of a musician. For I just really like to make music, so soundtracks and such like that would be awesome. But. Do you want to do one of your busking tunes for us? Yes. I'm okay. going to do one. And it's actually, I play this in the subway, but it's supposed to be a longer song. So it's going to be have a slight intro because I can't do it without the keyboard. Okay. So here's that. Well, hold on. Where can people find you online? Oh, um, my website is www.supermassive.com. And you can see uh, art and music there. Or if you just want the music, it's uh, mountmoon.bandcamp.com. And can oh. people get the comics there and everything? People can look at the comics and watercolors and collages and all sorts of stuff. It's oh. pretty great. I was on there earlier today. Oh, I got kind of lost. You go down an internet hole? I was going to say, uh, well, the cover art for the EP that I... I got the uh, new one uh, the, with the two dudes on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really you did that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. We should oh, talk tattoos you. afterwards. Um, <laughs> and also, Jamie, thank you so much. Good luck to all your endeavors. We'll be kicking it tomorrow night. Yeah, I can't wait to see you guys tomorrow. And uh, Jamie, I appreciate all the uh, traps you walked my brother into this show. It's it's really appreciated. What a what? Yeah, it's what Inter- we do in Boston. Yeah. Inappropriate. Fuck with people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, f- fucking Downey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my terrible boss. Anyway, so. B- That's Boston? Uh, That's like a shitty, like, New York gangster. <laughs> ah, wicked awesome here, yeah, see? <laughs> right? No? Something That's like more that? like Yosemite Sam yeah. <laughs> um, on speed. BBQblowout.eventbrite.com. Last one of the season. If you haven't come to one, you're sort of blowing it. But Yeah, it's their last chance to not have to make excuses for the next eight months to be like, ah. Oh, I could have been there, but it's, this is we're really giving it's, you like an out. I, I know that they've gotten to some level of popularity because I'll run to people and they'll be like, oh, you got like a barbecue coming up this week. Man, I'd love to come. Like at least they're acknowledging <laughs> that it exists and they're going to bail. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I heard about that thing that I never plan on coming to. I'm like, oh, well, at least you've heard about it. Yeah. Um, and we'll keep our eyes peeled for Toro NYC. Definitely. Are you going to call it Toro NYC? I'm just going to call it Toro. Okay. Cool. Um, all right, we'll Greenpoint. be back next Monday. Yeah, with uh, I think Greenpoint Fish Company, who are awesome, and uh, Ducky's coming back on. Oh, really? Yeah, yo, Ducky's the best. Check yeah. out uh, some of her past performances on all of our archives. Shout out to Heritage. Shout out to Roberta's. Shout out to August. And hey, four, and four year anniversary. It's not happy four year anniversary. Happy four year anniversary. I can't believe we forgot about happy that. Happy anniversary to my girlfriend. We just had our one year anniversary on Saturday. What? And then uh, that's it. That's it. Oh, and uh, shout out to Amrit Singh. He knows what we're talking about. Yeah, but shout out to Amrit. Thank you. As a tree, I got my leaves soaking up what's left of the seven seas. They're taken up to heaven, then forsaken like the devil to the earth where my roots dig deep. Oh, and though oh, a fire may extinguish me, my remains and my fruits will serve as food for another sapling to spread its limbs. And it begins, oh, it begins, it begins again. I got my leaves soaking up what's left of the seven seas They're taken up to heaven, then forsaken like the devil to the earth Where my roots dig deep 
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Oh, it showed me how to grow as tall as I can grow. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.